You're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. You'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. In each episode, you'll hear about the market opportunities and trends driving the industry forward. TechNest is proudly produced by Finn Ledger in partnership with HW Media. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. Owning a home is a big deal. Uh, but, you know, that's what we're going to be talking about today and more. I've got Pat McLaughlin. He's currently the homeowner product lead at Ojo Labs. And, but we also get into a lot more than just what Ojo is building. And I think this is, a fa- this is going to be one of those conversations that founders, uh, those who are building companies right now, starting companies right now, that will really appreciate. Because Pat started as a founder. 2018, he started a company called Diggs. They really worked with trying to create a way to help incentivize renters to save to become first-time home buyers. It's caught the attention of Ojo, and it really fit into what Ojo was building. And you know, Ojo, you know, the way they put it is, you know, they're equipping you to be successful in your home journey. That's finding the home, and that's now owning and maintaining the home. So. Back in 2020, uh, Diggs was acquired by Ojo Labs, and Pat breaks it down. We talk about the acquisitions process, what he really did right, the cleaning up of tech debt, the the rebrand, what's working really well and getting traction, and also what's been tougher than he may have thought of previously or didn't realize was going to be as tough. There's a lot packed in this interview. It's been a long time coming. Pat was one of the first people that grabbed coffee with with me when I moved to Chicago. So I'm really excited to put this episode out there. Let's jump into it. Hey, Pat, welcome to the show. Nice to see you, Nate. It is good to see you. Uh, We just got a chance to hang out in Vegas at Blueprint a few weeks ago. Prior to that, Right before I left Chicago, I think we grabbed coffee. What was that place that we went to? Collectivo. Right around the corner. Convenient for me. Collectivo. <laughs> it was a good spot. And, um, I, you know, there's one thing. I will say this. Life in South Dakota has been great. But I, I do miss the good coffee shops. We have, a, we have an okay one here. But um, in the entire state, we have one good okay coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Chicago's <laughs> but, a foodie, foodie town. Um, the in-laws were actually and you just know, visiting um, me, and uh, we were taking them all around uh, the West Loop and whatnot to take them to good restaurants. So you, you might never take them to all the, the places. That's for, that's for real. I think I think though, I was trying to recall whether or not, but you might be the first person who agreed to grab coffee with me who was not an Avail employee when I moved to Chicago. If not the first, one of the first like three. So I do appreciate that and I thank you for that. No problem. Um, Let's get into this. Uh, As we always do, please go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. Uh, My name is Pat McLaughlin. I am um, the co-founder of Diggs, which was acquired by Ojo Labs last year. Um, And now I am um, the uh, homeowner product lead for for the Ojo homeowner product. We have rebranded, and we'll talk more about that um, on the show. Yeah, yeah. So so we'll obviously get into Ojo Labs and all that, and exactly what the homeowner product is. So let's um, we'll have to get a little bit of history here first. Uh, so let's back up a little bit when we went and met at the Fox Trot uh, right there on oh, what was that street? Is it Dearborn? Franklin, I think, right? Somewhere, somewhere in River North. Uh, and you were telling me about Diggs. Walk me through the journey of Diggs to your now at Ojo. Yeah. Yeah. No, obviously, with any, any startup, it does change from the initial idea to what it turns into. So that's a good question. When we first started uh, Diggs, the, the goal was really to help people get into their first home. Um, so my co-founder and I, uh, Chad Johnson and myself, um, came up with this idea of, of creating a savings app for first time homebuyers. And how we came up the, with the idea was because 
we had a lot of friends that were getting ready to buy their home and we, we saw two main things that were problems. Number one is that they had this lack of knowledge around actually buying a home. How much they need to save, what's a home appraisal, the process, etc. It was confusing to them. And the other was that they just didn't have a lot saved for a down payment. So we thought, is there a way that we can combine those two things and, and solve those problems and um, prepare them for home ownership? So the first version of our product was, like I said, a savings app for first-time home buyers where you could set up uh, an FDIC-insured account. Um, this was back in the early days of FinTech. Uh, connect your bank account, set up recurring deposits, and start to save towards a home. As you were saving for a home, we would actually give rewards that would be able to be redeemed at a network of different lenders. So we would partner with lenders that were able to give a credit back to consumer as a closing cost credit, and then pass that on to the consumer in the form of home buyer credits. Um, and throughout this whole process, we had embedded educational content, um, educating them on how much they should be shave, saving, um, calculators, videos, etc. And so we were also kind of really lowering the barrier to home ownership through education at the same time. And, and you started Digs. What year was that? So 2018. 2018 yeah, is when we okay. started to integrate with our banking partner. Um, I think we've launched the product. different world. Yeah, it was. It was super different. Uh, it was at the time when Robinhood was getting ready to launch their um, debit card. It was just like fintech was this very brand new thing. Um, and Banking as a service had never been hotter Yeah. Uh, between 2018, 2020 of like just blowing up everywhere. Yep. And we were unique in the fact that we were at the time, I can't say that the same for right now, that we were the only ones doing something with savings and mortgage, uh, where we could actually tie those two things together. Um, nowadays, there is some really cool companies, Built Rewards is one of them that comes to mind that, that is really doing some neat things with fintech and real estate. Um, but at the time, we were really the first. Yeah, yeah. So so let's fast forward a little bit. How did, how did Diggs... Uh, join the the Ojo family. Yeah, so it's important to uh, recognize that that product I just described was our first product, but it actually um, is not our most popular product anymore. Um, so we saved, uh, helped people save for their first home, and it was very successful. We made some great partnerships with Rocket Mortgage and Keller Williams, um, who uh, were distributing the product to um, prospective home buyers. Um, but we noticed that there was two things wrong with the product. Number one. Uh, was that we were helping people save for their home and then they would churn out of the product. Uh, and once they were uh, a homeowner, if you're not offering services to them, uh, that's typically um, a problem. And number two is we just saw all this opportunity for someone to easily onboard and, and uh, into a homeowner product. Uh, the addressable market was just a lot, lot larger. So we expanded our mission instead of helping people save for their first home. We expanded it to provide financial tools for life's biggest asset. And so that covered saving for a home and preparing for home ownership and making good financial decisions for the first purchase, but it also extended into home ownership. So we launched Digs for homeowners, um, and that product became almost immediately more successful than the savings app, uh, where we would actually allow homeowners to get a monthly report from us, uh, included a home valuation, mortgage tracking, um, maintenance reminders, and it was really intended to help them make better decisions. Um, Shortly after that product was launched was when we started talking to Ojo Labs. So that was, I think, the thing that attracted... They were attracted to both um, sides of the, the um, our product, but that one was really the one that was, at the time, uh, more successful. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the, the conversation got started, actually, when we were getting ready to fundraise. Um, we were fundraising because this product that we had just launched started becoming uh, a lot more successful. And... As you probably know from talking to a lot of other founders, when you're fundraising, you're talking to everyone. Um, you're talking to investors, you're talking to other founders, you're talking to uh, just connectors. And, and throughout that process, uh, I was connected to John, um, the CEO of Ojo, through um, Northwestern Mutual Ventures, which is uh, a company that, um, or sorry, a venture arm of Northwestern Western Mutual that um, actually invested in Ojo. And so my initial conversation with John was really finding a way to partner. Um, it wasn't at all like thinking that we were going to uh, get acquired, but um, a 30 minute conversation turned into an hour and a half and uh, it started going down that route. And, and uh, here we are today. Very cool. Yeah. And that was uh, what early 2021. 
I actually it was 2020. Um, late 2020 is when when the oh, acquisition was. Okay. So I actually misspoke earlier in, in uh, today when I said about a year ago. It's actually about two years now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I think all of us get a little bit of a pass for not knowing. Yeah. There were, Ten years from now, we're all gonna, you know, everything from like 2018 to who knows when time will feel like it gets back to normal. Uh, we'll 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 figure it out. But there'll just be this fuzzy period where lots of things happened really quickly Very true. Uh, in an in, in interesting way. So then, so then um, Diggs comes in and is become, is now part of Ojo. And now you're faced with probably one of the most fun tasks of does this stay Diggs? Does this become a, an Ojo product? How does it fit into the ecosystem? The, the actual tough part of integration. And before we get into that, for, for, other founders who are listening, that acquisitions process, um, what was one thing you did perfectly that helped that deal go through? And did you ever almost totally screw it up? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think the one thing that I did well is that I was very transparent about what our our mission was and our vision was. Um, and I wasn't trying to alter that to meet any type of their vision um, for the sake of, of making them like us more. So uh, we had turned down a couple acquisitions prior to that, um, nothing extremely formal. But um, when talking to John and talking about what we were trying to do and what our mission was, um, it was clear that there was an alignment there. So um, that's what made it a little bit more attractive. and. I actually could see really much, like really how we could integrate with this this bigger company. Um, so I didn't feel the mm -hmm. need to try to like, I don't know, inflate, alter, adjust anything that we were we were doing or we were uh, working towards. Um, and so I think that that was one of the things that I did well. Um, the process itself, I mean, it takes longer than you think. I think that a lot of founders uh, probably don't know how long uh, an acquisition will take. Um, that's one thing that I probably didn't uh, know at the time, but. Um, Otherwise, it, it was. Uh, I think the transparency was was kind of the most important part of it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's something that um, I, I remember. Actually, several conversations we had internally at Avail when we went through the exit to Realtor.com, and you know, you, you face these moments where like this is not good news. Like, I don't want to show them this. Like, this one thing isn't as great, you know, as everything else. But then you realize, you know what? Honestly, we should put we should put that front front and forward and it's not we shouldn't we shouldn't hide from this exactly at least acknowledge yep. like acknowledge what this is wherever it's at uh and then it shows you're actually aware versus you know if things are bad and you have no idea or you think everything's rosy that's way worse uh because then how are you you know equipped to solve for okay so now you, you get into ojo um what's what what was the rebrand um process like and, and i'm curious you know like some of the how you thought and felt through this because here it is digs you've you dreamt it you built it right it was yours and now it has to take a new identity and what were some of the challenges trying to work that into another already well-established brand if you will within the industry yeah so i think it's important to first take one step back and understand what ojo does um so ojo is a real estate tech platform that guides consumers um, throughout the real estate journey um, they're probably most well known for helping someone buy a home. Um, I'm not going to walk through all of their offerings, but um, uh, Movoto is is their search portal. It's the largest privately owned search portal, um, and uh, and so they meet a lot of consumers that are searching for a home. Uh, they have uh, a variety of different concierge services that help a consumer then um, who's interested in a home get connected with an agent, get connected with a mortgage lender, etc. So. What I'm getting at is that they were doing a really good job at helping people, um, guiding them through the transaction. And where we came in is we were helping people and guiding them through the non-transactional parts of their, of their life cycle. Um, so as you just heard from kind of my description of the product, we're helping people, guiding them as they're saving for a home before they're ready to buy, and we're helping them as they're a homeowner not, not looking to sell quite then. Um, so for us irrelevant of brand, I, I saw where this product fit. Um, I knew that like we would probably eventually rebrand, but the discussion of like, hey, you're gonna have to come in and rebrand and that's the first thing we're gonna do was not really uh, the discussion. It was more just 
understanding that, hey, there is, you know, two pieces of a puzzle. We each got one piece and you put them together and there's like a life cycle that uh, that is kind of born from that. So when we came in, uh, my first kind of task was really figuring out where is the best spot for this? Where, where are we meeting the most homeowners in our, in our life cycle? How do we get them into the product? And how does that handoff look? Because it's not like on day one, we are a new brand. So it took time to rebrand. So the handoff between, you know, Movoto and, and Diggs and, and, and uh, obviously Ojo is still the parent company. So there was a lot of that kind of brand handoff that we had to figure out. Yeah, and, and obviously it can be challenging because you, you you know you're trying to keep names straight internally, and sometimes you even find yourself slipping up. And you have to think from the consumer perspective of like, you keep just throwing all these different layers and names and features, and everything doesn't have a like a an, a good hierarchy. It, it's going to cause some confusion of where accounts go and this, that, and the other, which kind of leads me to like I'm curious, what were some of the most significant technical challenges you had to overcome? Yeah. To, to really get the brand actually integrated. Yeah, so uh, to just put it on in perspective, we, we just rebranded just a, a couple months ago. Um, so it's, it's very new and, and as we established, uh, it's been two years. So it took some time. Um, we have a different architecture, we have a different uh, database, we have everything is different. Um, so we are still working through some of those technical uh, hurdles. Um, but we've, we've really solved a lot of them over the last, it's been a phased process where, um, digs, not, not only just rebranded, but slowly integrated to, um, the tech stack that, that, uh, Ojo was using, um, rebrand was actually one of the last things that we, we have done in the process. And there's still a couple more things we need to, to finish, um, so that it is a seamless experience as you go through, um, the process. Is there, is there like a, a fee, like a bounty fee if I find a digs logo somewhere? <laughs> I actually found one um, not too re- uh, re- uh, too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, see if you do find one. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be something. Uh, but yeah, it, there is a lot of places that Diggs was mentioned, and um, and still there's there's one that I'm not going to tell you where that is a little bit harder to solve um, that that still exists. But for the most part, Challenge we are Ojo accepted. homeowner accepted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted on that. You'd mentioned about not really shying away from the digs mission while you, you first had this conversation with Ojo, you know, you've gone through the rebrand, you know, you've cleaned up the technical debt. Has the mission changed much or are you still, is it now that you're a part of this bigger company that for lack of better words is very well funded? Is it able to go farther and faster? Yeah. I I think that our mission has not changed like at all. I think that now it is part of a bigger mission um, and a broader mission. So, um, what I, I told mentioned earlier was our mission was really to provide the tools to help consumers make the big best financial decisions and their biggest asset, which is their home. So that mission and those those words you won't see probably on Ojo's website, but that mission has not changed at all. But really, Ojo is is their mission is to reach uh, provide tools and services to you wherever you are in your your journey, your real estate journey. So that includes the homeowner um, cycle, and for homeowners. The home is the biggest asset, it's their biggest debt, it's their biggest monthly expenditure. So actually providing financial tools is really what's important to them. So we're able to, to continue doing what we're doing without having to change our mission. And now Ojo is just has a broader uh, a group of people that they can actually meet and provide tools to. Yeah, very cool. And, and, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, right? I mean, you have the... Um, the suite of products where like the property itself, you know, where they're coming through and they're, they're searching and finding the products and, and maybe they found an agent through that. And now you have this homeowner product that actually stays with the homeowner. And that's something that most marketplaces, actually, I don't know, I guess Zillow has like, you can claim your home, but there's not really, I, I, I know that I don't get continued uh, education or updates yeah. or even like you mentioned the maintenance pieces to it uh, so maybe let's actually let's go through that a little bit like walk me through some of the practical features that is part of the the homeowner product yeah yeah so I, you're right uh, on Zillow and Redfin you can claim your home um, but it's nothing special after you claim your home it, it, they know that you own that home and they will tell you you know what that home's value is but uh, at Ojo we're really leaning into it um, we are leaning into not just the valuation but letting you link your mortgage and by linking your mortgage, sharing your equity with you and, and telling you what you know is left on your mortgage balance, how many more payments you have. 
um, sharing uh, maintenance because really if it's the biggest asset, you have to maintain it. If you don't maintain it, uh, that is really something that uh, is going to come to bite you later. So we provide all of these tools to really uh, uh, cater to the homeowner and we use all the data. I compare it to, to kind of credit karma. Um, we use all the data with the home and the, and the mortgage um, to provide the best guidance. So you will get different announcements and different uh, notifications based on um, where you are in your in your journey. The the one year homeowner that just bought their home last year versus you know my parents who've lived in their home for thirty years are, are very different in their needs and and what they are are looking for. Um, so it's kind of on us to to be able to uncover that and provide the right uh, 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 way to talk to those consumers. So some of the products that we have um, are uh, mainly the the financial tools the the um, valuation, the mortgage tracking, um, but really maintenance is the new one that we're really going after uh, in the last several months. We've been doing a, making a lot of strides there. Now, Pat didn't ask me to do this, but yesterday I went, because I was like, I got to do this. I got to go through the product. I got to give everything a test run. Uh, it actually was really easy. First off, everything was easy. Everything was simple. Um, I like the fact that you guys give multiple valuation, like different AVM uh, kind of points of potential value. And, you know, and I think that that's a similar uh, esque type thing that uh, Realtor.com does. They pull from different sources. And I think that's helpful. That like gives me like, you know, the dreamer scenario. You get the buyer. That's amazing. And then you get the, if I'm going to get beat up and raked over the coals, like what's that scenario look like? But the, the maintenance piece, I actually really appreciate it. And I was like, okay, um, I could use some help with this. And so maybe I was like, maybe I can ask Pat for some features like, I live a cold climate, right? What are the things I'm supposed to do? Like, you know, and I saw like the clean gutters on there. Like you guys have a few different examples on, on the on the homepage here, right? Check your smoke and carbon detectors, the furnace filter. Honestly, the furnace filter alone. Like if you could just put that on my Google calendar for me uh, or send me an email, you can, you're allowed to text me anytime to tell me to do that. Because if you think about like the, just the cost of when those things go bad, because you didn't keep up on that regular maintenance. I think the two I'd add onto the here for what it's worth is uh, clean out the HVAC. Have you seen the the HVAC cleaning, how they do that these days? It's like a whole I, subset. It's like yeah, in the, um, you want to be a solopreneur. It's like one of the, the cheap businesses to start up. And it's the first thing we did. We had, we bought a house from people who had like four dogs. So I know right off the bat, right? the amount of fur and dander and everything else has been going through that the builds up essential yeah. air. And they came and cleaned all that out. I'm like, this is just great. And they sent a little camera down and it's, you see like what you're no longer breathing in. Um, yeah. I'll, <laughs> add that. Cool. We'll, I'll think, take I that, that feedback and we'll add it. But, um, but yeah, that the intention is exactly what we are saying is that based on, you said colder climate, based on where you live, we would like to provide you a very catered checklist. Yeah. And we do that right now. Um, I'm not going to say it is as good as it, it will be. Um, but based on uh, cold climates versus warm climates, your checklist will look different um, in Ojo Homeowner. Um, we've actually been taking a lot of user feedback on that checklist and adding new features um, to it. So one is mark as complete. Uh, so when you change your furnace filters, you can go into the product, mark as complete, it'll store that it was completed on this date. And then that resets the clock so that when you get that notification later, it takes into account when you did it last. Um, there's also certain things that we're gonna get more and more uh, accurate with, but there's things that don't apply to you that never will apply to you. Um, let's say clean chimney. If you don't have a chimney, why is it on your list? And and Should so that be. type of thing, yeah, you can uh, mark it as, as not applicable um, and therefore it's not going to be on your list uh, anymore. And we're going to keep taking uh, those strides to make this a very dynamic checklist for, for consumers, even even to the extent that they can make their own items um, for projects that they're planning in the future. Yeah, I, you know, I, my, my brain goes in multiple directions, right? How does this apply to insurance when, when a homeowner demonstrates greater care? How does this apply to future resale value? Right. If you've ever bought a car from someone who kept all the, the maintenance, right? You have yep. so much higher confidence that that car is what is represented as. And so here you have an opportunity to, to actually do something very similar. Right. Here's the maintenance receipts that comes with the home. You know, exactly. and you even have in the platform you can add your your team, right? Agents yep. and, and 
and and uh, uh, is it mortgage brokers that you can add in there too? Yep, yep. Uh, and this is all. Yeah, there's uh, Ojo has a, a vast agent network, so that's that's kind of the uh, the first use case is the agent. But um, the real goal is to have the whole team: agent, lender, spouse, um, you know, co buyer, co co owner, etc. Yeah, yeah. I, I see um, a ton of potential there. What are you seeing the the most traction with on the on the the homeowner platform here? And counter to that, what's proving to be more difficult than you may have previously would have thought of? Yeah. So from the most traction standpoint, uh, valuation is one of those things that pulls people back every month. Uh, it's like to draw another similarity to credit karma. It's like, you know, you provide that free credit score, people are going to check it habitually, even if they don't really need to. And, and people are often drawn into the platform by one of our emails that will go out saying that your home value has changed. Um, but once they're in the product, I think the one that gets the most engagement is, is the maintenance checklist. It's, it's new stuff every month. And, and that's the stuff that I think that is really interesting from an engagement perspective. Um, so that answer is kind of what is what we're seeing the most traction. What's been the most difficult is, is, is kind of at the same time is how do we engage with our consumers? Um, we've, we've noticed that we need to be really thoughtful um, because when you're a homeowner, you don't need 20 emails a month. Uh, when you're buying a home, 20 emails a month might be the right frequency because you want to make sure that you see everything as it hits the market. But when you're a homeowner, you don't need more than a couple emails to get a full picture of your home. And if you start marketing to someone too hard or too many emails, we've seen engagement drop. So for us, we are, are uh, working really hard to be thoughtful with all of our notifications, uh, making sure that they're not coming off as as any type of ads, but also really making them personal to the consumer, whether it be time dependent, um, uh, valuation dependent, um, when they bought their home, et cetera. So that's, that's really where we see the most, it's like really product marketing and product have to work very closely together to create a, a good experience here. And what do you, what do you think is most, you know, either what you're finding to be most difficult or maybe something you have on your future roadmap that has been showing demonstrated, is demonstrated signs that it's going to be pretty difficult. Um, I think kind of what I had mentioned just just then was probably the best example is just that we, we've noticed um, certain emails will get will get less engagement um, than others and, and just the type of communication. So we are moving our product into a native app, which we're very, very excited about because some of the things that right now are being sent to consumers via email, we have the opportunity to push notifications. Um, so I see it as a huge opportunity, but also something that we need to be very careful of because when you get the opportunity to send more push notifications, you also have the opportunity to annoy your consumers more. So I think we just have to figure out the best way to uh, to, to communicate with them. And that's that's what I think is the name of the game for homeowners because of just, we're looking at monthly active users, we're not looking at daily active users as much, at least not quite yet. Yeah, yeah and, and it totally makes sense. It's, it, you know, it's not a social media product. It's something that, you know, there's a lot of value here, but you only need it at certain times. Um, I want to shift a little bit, kind of talk a little bit about distribution, right? So I know you guys call it the homeowner product, but genuinely, I don't know what this product category is, what this category is called. So this creates, you know, from a marketer's lens perspective, I have now have a problem. How am I going to get this in front of people? How are they going to find it? So how are you getting this in front of people and how are they finding it? Yep. So that was one of the reasons uh, that this acquisition, acquisition made a lot of sense was that um, Movoto has uh, 25 million plus visitors um, coming, to, unique visitors coming to the site every single, every single month. Um, so we had this top of funnel that was available to us. Um, so we started there is really how can we find out of all these people that are looking at real estate, which one of them are homeowners? So we've added uh, different places on Movoto where you can claim your home. That's not too different than uh, than some other uh, search portals out there where you can say, I own this home and, and be brought into the product. Um, people who are uh, sellers. If you're selling a home, you own a home. So getting them uh, you know, aware of the product um, is another opportunity. So we've really taken kind of the more obvious uh, spots to, to um, uh, find these consumers. And for the most part, we haven't done any direct-to-consumer marketing um, that is on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that quite yet. There is some exceptions that we have done to kind of learn about the consumer, but for the most part, we've been leveraging the top of funnel that Ojo already had that existed. Mm, so very, very smart. I mean, you're, you're really thinking through naturally, like what are the 
the places along the funnel that you're already playing a role in and then where does it make to make the introduction make sense to make that introduction yep. what what roles if any do agents play here are do you find that they're advocating for the the homeowner product or is it kind of what you alluded to there just naturally along the transaction you're finding ways of you know introducing so it's funny that you bring this up because agents were at one point in time our distribution channel. And, and this this actually is a little bit of a, a dynamic that we're exploring a lot more right now at Ojo. So when Diggs was was first founded, uh, we were a young company looking for best ways to distribute the product. And um, I think I mentioned that we had made a partnership with um, Keller Williams and we also made one with uh, Remax um, where we were actually leveraging agents to get to the consumer. And the value to the agent was pretty clear. It's like you have all these people that you've closed homes with and what are you doing? You're sending them a magnet every year and, and saying, you know, when you're ready to sell, come choose me. Uh, but with this product, we were able to brand it with the agent, allow the agent to then have um, their name and face in front of the consumer on a monthly cadence, provide the, these services to, to the, uh, the end user. And it was, it was quite successful uh, to get to our first batch of, of homeowners. Um, the problem that I did notice, though, and this was a young company, uh, is that you start to kind of question who is who is the customer at that point, because the agents then at that point expect some analytics, like who's looking at the report. Um, obviously, they they want uh, if someone's ready to sell, they want to be notified about it. So, like, you start to build more things for agents, and then you you know that that could be maybe not the best product to build for the consumer. So, I say all this because. We've been very fortunate the last couple of years that we've able to, uh, been able to really focus on the consumer um, and build these tools for them. But it is worth noting that Ojo has a large agent network and they get leads. They, um, uh, they're, they're very involved in the, in the platform and we're looking at ways on kind of resurrecting some of those features and providing them to agents, um, but doing it in a way that we're making sure that we're uh, you know, providing something that's valuable to agents and value to consumer, uh, valuable to consumers without crossing any lines that make it, um, uh, you know, unpleasant for one of the two parties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a really interesting way of, and, and I, there's other platforms that kind of play off the agent as a distribution channel, but I never thought of it from the perspective of having to then make that determination of like, who is our customer? And if I understand what you're saying here is it's not necessarily wrong to go through the agent, but right now the time is to focus on the consumer and, and maybe yeah. come back to that. And I think we're at the time that we're starting to revisit it more. Um, we, we had definitely spent time doing it before we were acquired the last couple of years. I think that no one's really expected like, hey, go, go to the agents. But now we're at a point where we found a lot of the, the great locations to go directly to the consumer through Movoto. We've, we've really grown our, our homeowner base uh, significantly. And so then you start to think about the, the agent and it's not just with the lens of how do we grow homeowners? Cause that's, that's me speaking about our product, but Ojo has other teams that are looking to engage with agents and provide value to agents. And this is a great, great way to do that. Very cool. Very cool. So let's talk, uh, let's get down the brass tax, man. What's the price? So it's free. Um, the, the product is entirely free. The homeowner product, uh, really everything on, on Movoto as well is free to use for consumers. So they make money does, really. Yeah. Obvious question. So it's free yeah. and that's it's free and, for someone. And, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, so the thing about this is like, we've entered into this, this era where, you know, platforms and, and, and data and even like basic tools can provide a ton of value, but they almost have to be free because the, you know, it, it's not something anyone has paid for. So the value has to be infinitely greater than, you know, what they've previously either had or never had to worry about or think about paying for. So, you know, but the obvious question here is like, okay, but you're a business. So then how are you guys making money? Yep. And that's, and that's through the transaction. So there is, uh, like I already mentioned, a network of agents that Ojo has that are very loyal and, and, um, and we, we provide leads to them. Um, what we do is when a consumer is ready to buy a home, whether it be something uh, that is uh, someone that's a buyer searching for a listing on Movoto and, and finding their dream home and then inquiring about it, or someone who's an Ojo homeowner user that is ready to sell their home. When they're ready to do that, uh, we match them. And I, I want to 
key on that word match. We don't just like send them over to a bunch of different agents. We match them with an agent that is in their geo that has done homes like uh, theirs before. And then we, we connect those two parties. Ojo only gets paid um, if that's a successful uh, relationship. So uh, that is really a, a differentiator from a lot of other real estate tech uh, platforms out there. We don't get paid on the leads. So we're not trying to churn out as many leads as possible. We're trying to make successful uh, connections between agents and consumers because ultimately when they do buy a home, there's a commission split that, uh, that Ojo takes uh, with the agent. And does does Ojo, like, is there a charge to be part of the Ojo network or to the agent on the upfront? No, it's the it's the same. They're agreeing really to to a commission split on, on closed transactions. Um, yeah, exactly. And, th- yeah, that's, and the, that's that- how we speak with the agents. But there, there is more to Ojo than just an agent network. You know, mortgages, insurance, there's other there are other products that we'll partner with. Um, uh, one of the ones that I'm really happy with that is... Uh, kind of built for the homeowner product is we have a partnership with Thumbtack. Um, and all of those uh, those partnerships uh, have different structures on, on how they would get paid. But in all cases, it's really important for us to be sending uh, quality consumers to, to our partners um, that are ready to transact. I like Thumbtack. I've used it quite a few times, actually. And I've got a guy now, he's been cutting the grass at one of my rentals in Washington for four years <laughs> i found him on thumbtack i'm like that's great the the return on that little ad he had going i mean i'm like yeah. i'm happy for him you know and it's all i mean it solves my pain every year because but uh yeah it's it's a uh, it's a nice thing there um i want to ask you about markets here and demographics a little bit about the customer sometimes we see things like this will be more trendy in areas than others maybe inner city or rural are you seeing any differences between the customer location property type or even property value are you seeing adoption from consumers kind of across the gamut definitely across the gamut but i would say that the average consumer is the average american for for uh for for mavoto ojo uh, uh homeowner it's really the typical price point of a home is kind of where we, we get a lot of the traction. Whereas you look at some um, uh, luxury and uh, realtors that are like going over the multi-million dollar. We, we have those for sure. That definitely exists. But for the most part, you're looking at the everyday American, the $350,000 home. Uh, it could be in a, a city, but it also could be in, in a lot of rural areas or smaller towns. Um, and that's really who uh, we meet a lot of um, through just the, the, uh, the interaction. Now that hopefully can change over time as, as Ojo's brand becomes more popular um, because a lot of, I think, the other brands like Zillow and, and Redfin maybe have a little bit more of a household name currently. Um, so over time, I think that might change and shift. What about investors? You know, I, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it makes sense to me as an investor to, I want these stats and to-do lists Oh yeah, coming to my inbox every month. One hundred percent. Well, I own a couple properties my, myself, so I mean, I, I would classify myself as an investor, and and um, I definitely want to build more tools. Right now, we're not focused as much on investors. Uh, every investor can come and use our product. I'm not saying don't use it, but we are not really um, trying to build um, something for the landlord, the small time landlord, or, or or the real estate investor as as ways that they can um, optimize their their homes specifically. But that could change over time. Um, we've talked about maybe a paid product someday where you have more features and more, more things and, and kind of uh, market towards investors. So we'll see where that, where that um, ends up someday. Yeah. Well, that, that could be kind of cool. Let me ask you this. I mean, I know that you, you've been, you, you've been working on this idea. Now it's gone from the Diggs brand to the, the homeowner product at Ojo. But why do you see now is the time to be working on this, to still be building on this product? Yeah, I think homeowners are one of those audiences that were just forgotten about for for far too long in my mind. Um, Everything in real estate tech focused on the transaction, whether it be the search aspect, the financing aspect, I mean, you name it. Once you're ready to transact, there's a flood of companies that are going to come and and want to talk to you. Um, But really the moments outside of that transaction, uh, specifically for homeowners, there wasn't a lot of tools that were out there. So the market's now full of all these millennial home buyers that are buying their home and, and are tech enabled and, 
and are going to be homeowners very sh shortly or already are. Um, and they're going to need help because they also did not think and know and learn much about maintaining their home. They're not as handy. So they're going to need someone to kind of guide them through the process. So I think really the homeowner product and being able to serve homeowners is going to be a huge differentiator for um, a company that can do a really good job at that. And then building that trust over those seven years between when you buy and when you sell can transfer. Um, you know, you can win people's business by providing tools during that that uh, that period of time. Uh, you, you said something that's like totally uh, like kind of out left field here, but kind of made me wonder. You said that you know that that time that they're holding the property, like seven years, was historically been like the average for homeowners. Okay, but here's here's the off the wall. You know, you don't have to know this. Yep. I, I don't I know. know where you're going. <laughs> Interest rates, people locked in. What we all knew or believed, and maybe was, maybe it wasn't, but once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, interest rates. Are we going to hold properties longer or are we yep. still going to sell I, at the same rate? That, and that's a good question. I, I don't know the answer, but my guess is it, uh, that people are going to hold on to them longer. They're going to feel the need to not give up that 2.5 or 3% rate because they, they have something that is at that point, that debt is almost like an asset. So I think people will stay in their home longer. And that only solidifies what I had just kind of gotten right. done saying is that serving this homeowner, providing them you know services, if they're staying there longer, they're going to need to renovate more. They're going to need a product to do so, whether it be a HELOC or some type of shared equity. They're going to need to be connected to a service contractor. They're going to need to know like how much equity and how much more uh, mortgage is left. So all these tools that we build um, are perfect for someone who has to stay in their has to is a hard word to say, but like is deciding to stay in their long home longer than um, maybe that seven years was, which was traditional. Yeah, you know, one thing that I'll, I'll point out here: it, it's really easy when you work in and around real estate to think of things as common knowledge. Everyone knows what a, a cash out refinance is, and everyone knows what a HELOC is. And I can tell you this personal experience in talking with my family. You know, last year educating my mom had never heard of HELOC you know and i know of friends who've never heard of it and they've owned their home for the last 10 years and it's like you know they were talking about buying a car i'm like well you could go out and get a loan you know for just the car or there's more favorable terms you know likely that you have access to and you could leverage and far better for yourself uh, and I think that these kinds of things are, are really good. Uh, consumers need to, to hear some of these things and yeah. certainly not in school. So after that, you know, you have to stumble upon it or hopefully you have a great broker agent in your corner who's suggesting these things. And I think that's what you're, what you guys are highlighting is that that piece has really been missing. Yeah. And I think you're bringing up exactly how we look at building the product is, is we really want to be educational. And that comes from the roots of where I first described a savings app for first time home buyers that educated them on the buying process. So you take that roots back from 2018 when we started and it's still uh, uh, prevalent today is like when we are providing these tools to homeowners, we try to explain things as, as best as possible and assume that they know nothing. Perfect example is the equity tracker. When you sign up, you lick your mortgage, we find uh, your mortgage in public records, we, we assign that to you, and then we amortize it out every single month. So it's going to change every single month, it's going to start going down. And, and the word equity is a very basic word that most people should know. But there is a little info icon, if you click on the word equity, we will tell you what equity means. And we will say it is the home's value minus the mortgage, and that is what equity is. And it's so small, but you, you are hitting on it, it's like HELOC. I know what that means, but I can't assume that other people do. So home equity line of credit, writing it out, explaining what it is before even deciding to connect them to a partner is the practices that we try to uh, make sure that we, we, we instill in kind of everything that we build. Yeah, very cool. Pat, we're going to jump into the bottom of the show here. Uh, we're going to jump into For the Future. For the Future is the segment where I get to ask each guest who comes in show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Are you ready to play? Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what does Ojo Labs and specifically the homeowner product look like one year from now? Well, one year from now, I think that you will see a unified brand. Um, that is that is one thing that even on the show, we, we, we said Mavoto, we said Ojo, and, and fortunately, Diggs is already rebranded. But I think that you will see um, a unified Ojo where 
a consumer can come and 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 have an Ojo experience that's that's suited for them, no matter where they are in their journey. So that is where I see things, I, and that, definitely more investment into the homeowner product, um, which I think that we've uh, decided as a company is, is a is a differentiator for us. Yeah, very exciting. Question number two: What year is it when more than fifty percent of homeowners have a dashboard for their home, whether through Ojo Labs or another company? That's yeah. So. I will say I don't think that one company is going to come in and get 50% market share. Uh, and the reason why is real estate has really been um, uh, fragmented in, uh, for a while. Like there's so many different mortgage lenders to choose from agents, et cetera. So I, I don't know if someone, one company is going to come in and get 50% uh, quickly. But I think that the investment in the home, uh, the, it's not more than a couple of years from now that I think a lot of people will have some type of dashboard for their home. Um, whether it be a basic dashboard or, in my opinion, Ojo Homeowner, the best dashboard, um, someone will have uh, something for the home, I think, just in a couple of years, 50%. Number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue but you wish would go away? So this one, uh, I think I think that from a social perspective, um, I, I think it's unfortunate that we see a lot of investors coming in to buy all these single family homes um, and, and really making it harder for the, the first time buyer to get into a residence. And I think that that will unfortunately continue. Um, I think we saw it a lot these last couple of years where people, will, uh, investors, whether it be banks or foreign investors, will come in and buy single family homes uh, with the intention of just renting it out. Uh, I think that that will continue, and and uh, I hope that it doesn't. Um, I I think that I am more the fan of uh, the alternate, which is some type of fractional ownership, where an investor can come in and still do what they want to do, which is invest in real estate, um, but they're not uh, preventing ownership. They're they're kind of uh, being a partner in it and um, buying half a house instead of a whole house, and still letting someone else uh, uh, be able to own the home. Yeah, a lot of innovation happening around fractional ownership the last few years. We should probably do. I probably I need I need to do. I know I've been saying this for myself to, for a while, but I need to do an episode where we just pull together the options on the table because there's quite there a, is, quite there a is bit a lot, happening yeah. out there. All right, final one for the future. What's one in, one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? Um, the entire mortgage uh, underwriting process, anything that, that getting a mortgage, I think it's going to be something, I don't know how many years, but it'll be seamless. Pretty much, uh, you're going to just need to verify your identity. And at that point, you will be pre-approved for a mortgage right then and there. Like, it will be that simple. Um, if you think about like the way things have gone, I mean, you got credit scores that are, you know, going to kind of already list all the assets, debts. So you got different uh, reporting. Um, you have so many different things that um, are becoming easier and easier, but right now they are all uh, disjointed and you still have this kind of human that's involved in it. But in the future, I don't think that that will be um, as much. I think that you'll just kind of have a line of credit or some type of credit uh, that is available to you. Um, and then uh, that will be more of like a couple day process versus a six or not, sorry, 60 day process or whatever it is nowadays. It could take a while. That's for sure. All right, we're going to get to the final three questions here, Pat. These are more about you, so listeners get to know you just a bit better. First one here, what are you reading? So I'm actually reading this book, uh, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ooh. Ben Horowitz. Um, I'm not sure if you... Yeah, get so some. I, I picked that up just yeah. because I'm a huge fan of the zero to one stage. I mean, as you you know, I'm starting a company and, and very much enjoying Ojo, but uh, wanting to kind of read more about starting companies and, and you know, that, that type of stuff. So uh, just pick that up, I guess, a couple weeks ago, reading that one right now. Yeah, very cool. Number two here, who are you learning from? So I, le I read a lot of things online, um, Housing Wire, Inman, et cetera. But one take I really enjoy is uh, Mike Del, Del Prede. Or I'm not Del sure Prede. how to pronounce it. I don't know how yeah. to say his last name, actually. Yeah. Anyways, I'll I ask always him like, when I finally get him on the show. We should, yeah. if you want to tweet him, tell him to come on the show here. It's All right, time. once, once time. this, uh, yeah, once this uh, podcast is live, <laughs> I'll tweet at him and say, hey, listen to the last five minutes. Um, but yeah, no, he, he always has a good take, and I think he does a really good job at making it uh, really data-driven and charts, graphs, and it's really interesting uh, to kind of 
not just have a perspective. You can read a lot of people's perspectives on what the future is or what the current environment mm-hmm. is. Uh, sometimes they're leaning into the the news and trying to make it more clickbait. But his is really, I think, a good good take on on the actual economics behind uh, real estate. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I appreciate all his work on on iBuyers and kind of really bringing some vision to what seemed cloudy, I think, for a while. There was a little bit of cloudiness. Like, what is it? Isn't this... Because realtors, I think... I, I Maybe just people don't know this, but like for a long time, when it used to take six months to sell a house, there were realtors who ran their campaigns, uh, we'll sell your home in three months, we'll buy it ourselves, right? I mean, it was effective. You know, it's, it was essentially an iBuyer, right? They give you an iBuyer offer up front yeah. and said, guaranteed in three months this, or... We leave it on the market and see if we can get this, you know, but they obviously like, he, I think he did a great job of like cutting through all the, the fuzziness that there is there. And I, I appreciate a lot of his stuff even more recently because he's gone beyond just the guy who writes about eye buyers and does, I think you, like you said, like in depth, good pieces and usually pretty rich in data, um, which is yeah. what I, I appreciate about it. All right. Last one here, Pat, what inspires you? So uh, it's probably going to be a little corny, but uh, you know our, our our customers, our users. Um, just when we build something, when I I release a new feature, uh, I love Mixpanel and like I look at you know how it's being used and all that. So it's it's really inspiring. There's there's times that you do something that you thought was going to be super impactful and it's not getting used a lot, and there's other times that you you get something that's really just. Uh, increasing engagement significantly or providing a lot of, of good value to a consumer. So I, I love really uh, watching how people are using the app and, and making little changes uh, based on that. Little ambic changes. Pat, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm glad we were able to finally pull this together. It feels like it's four and a half years in the making or so <laughs> or something like that. But hey, we, we, we finally made it happen. Before we close out, for those who want to get connected to you, they want to learn more about the homeowner product at Ojo, where do they go and how they do that? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Pat MCLO um, is my, my handle. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. I don't know what URL. You can just search me. Um, so yeah, find me, uh, reach out and, uh, happy to, to start a conversation. Of course, those links will be in the show notes and link. Well, thanks for listening to the Tech Mess podcast. podcast. You can always get future episodes delivered to you directly by subscribing to the podcast in your favorite app store. All right. Thanks a lot, Nate. You can also join the newsletter, head over to technest.io or finledger.com slash newsletters to get all future episodes, updates, and more sent to you right in your inbox. Last but not least, we appreciate your support. Please go ahead and give us a rating and review in your app store. This helps others discover the podcast and know that it's a great, worthy listen. We'll see you next week.